This week we continue our journey through the book of Ephesians. And we'll be looking at Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 through 16. And as has become the trend of uh, our text, we see it begin with a familiar phrase of therefore. And what we begin to realize is that from week to week, because it is a letter, our author is stacking one thing upon the next. He is saying that if you want to understand the basis of all of this, it is that God's grace is sufficient for all persons. God's grace is extended to all persons. And he goes on to tell us that if we believe in this, we are called to interact with God's grace and to tear down those walls for our lives as we ask God to speak into our lives and ask God to search our hearts and search our minds and make us whole. And as we hear at the end of last week's text, Glory to God, who can do far beyond all we could ask or imagine by his power and work within us. Glory to him in the church and Christ Jesus for all generations, forever and always. Amen. So this is that therefore, that that God can do far more than we would ever imagine if we allow his power to work within us and his church. And so we get this morning, we will hear about the action that we are called to. We hear that in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16, where we hear these words, I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you who were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all, but each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also had to descend into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is the same as the one who ascended far above all the heavens, so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave were that some people would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, and to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of God. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ." from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth and building itself up in the love. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So if we begin at the end of our scripture, what we hear is that everything comes from the head, which is Christ. That we are called, every ligament should be equipped and to be part, to work properly by the head. 
but we are called, as we hear in our text, to do, to be godly. And that we are to walk worthy of the calling. Now we may ask, well, what is my calling? I, I hear a lot about call stories in, in scriptures and in people's lives. What is my calling? And what we hear this morning is that there is a universal calling of Christians. It's God's call to own our lives to be whole with the body of Christ and within ourselves with God. To being, and this is done through being humble and gentle, patient, and bearing with others in love. It's to walk worthy. This idea of walking worthy that we hear is that it defines this type of life that we are to live, to please and honor God, to do the, uh, to live a life that is pleasing and acceptable to Jesus Christ, to seek after the example set by the head that the body may follow, to do this in our actions and in our hearts, to do this as individuals and as a church. We are called to do these things, but if we hear this list, you can't be humble or gentle or patient or bear with others alone. Our, our calling is to be lived out and lived into God's grace in our lives and to share that grace with all that we encounter to, that as we live into God's grace, we also live it out that all that encounter us encounter God within us. God has called us and God has gifted us to do this work. But we're not all gifted the same as we hear, that some are apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, and these are different roles. Yet what we see so often in our church, Big C Church, is that they seem to have all been rolled into one, and that is the work of the pastor, or the ordained minister, or the professional clergy, the person that we pay to do the ministry work. And the clergy, honestly, we must take some blame on this as well for allowing this to happen. While we so often would grieve or lament that lay persons, that, that the people filling the pews aren't more uh, fulfilling more of these roles, we have also helped create this system in which the professional is rewarded for doing these things. And so we know that if we're going to be rewarded, then we feel the need to do the work. And so we, we go, I wish that others would do it, but at the same time, we enjoy doing it because of the benefit that it may reap us. We begin to realize that our job, though, ultimately, and all that we do is to work ourselves out of a job, to equip the saints for the ministry, and not to simply keep it for ourselves. The clergy, uh, as we are called to do in our text, and as we are called to be in our uh, as the church, are called, and when I say clergy, it's, it honestly is also the church as well, but the clergy must be identifying leaders, and we're, and we're called to equip and encourage them to relinquish our power to those. And this is one of those things that as a pastor, I hope that those that are hearing this would hold me accountable. That I'm doing the work that I'm called to do, but not that I'm holding it all as my own, but that I am equipping others to do this work, to be the body of Christ, because that's what we are called, that is the call that we hear in our text this morning. Because we are called to be mature, and people cannot become mature adults and Christians unless those who are mature help them become independent. 
Parker Palmer in his book On the Brink of Everything says that wholeness does not mean perfection. It means embracing brokenness as an integral part of life. And he goes on to say that peace comes when I understand that I am only one thing among many. What a beautiful image that peace comes when we realize that we as individuals are part of the greater whole of the body of Christ. And we're we're called to fulfill our role. That being made whole is not that we are made perfect, but it is embracing our brokenness as an integral part of our life and to go forth seeking to find where we fit in to the calling with others. It's, It's this growth that is the goal of Christian faith. God wants us to be mature, to move, to go, to grow somewhere. He's not so much worried about this ecstatic conversion or some mountaintop experience that while, yes, this is important, this is where we accept and where we realize our call, but what he's more worried about is a life of moving towards God. This, This is seeking to fulfill who God has created me to be in everything I say and do. And this kind of growth is hard. It's hard to measure. It's hard to quantify. Uh, it's not going to show up on a spreadsheet uh, when, when we're tallying who was there and who wasn't or even professions of faith. You're not going to re- get recognition or awards or speaking engagements or even book bills for helping people move to maturity most times. But this is the work that we are called to do. The work that so often goes overlooked the work that so often we may not even see the results of, but to speak God's grace and peace and love into the lives of those around us. Palmer goes on in his book and he begins talking about a conversation he had with a younger person about their struggle to find a vocation, and especially a vocation in our culture that defines succeeding by achievement of great things. And just a portion of his response, he says, I never saw my vocational journey in terms of achieving great things. I saw it then as I see it now. A series of probes into my gifts and the needs of the world, trying to discover where they might intersect. Some of those probes took me to light and others took me to dark places. I love this imagery of where is it that we are called to be? We're called to be... Wherever it is that our gifts and the needs of the world intersect. But we have to be willing to do this work to understand who we are, who God has equipped and gifted us to be. Are we willing to make these probes into our own gifts and into our own lives? And and into the needs of our community... Uh, where our, to figure out where our gifts are, call, are called and meet those needs. See, this is the beauty of this um, quote, of, is that it's not just knowing self, but it's knowing those around you. That if I just know what I'm good at, that's great. But if I don't know how I can use that to benefit the other, then I'm not doing what I'm called to do. You see, our gift, while yes, it is given to us, we are called to turn and give it away as well. And this requires a constant task of understanding our church and our context, of asking the what. What can I do? What are my gifts? What are the needs? But also not losing sight of the why. That we have been gifted and are called to give it away. 
that it is a gift from God and that God is our why. We are doing this because we are seeking to honor and glorify God in all that we do. We are seeking to live into the calling that Christ has placed on our lives. That we may live a life worthy of that calling. And so it may not feel like we're doing these great things or or even achieving so often measurable effectiveness. Mark DeVries in his book, Sustainable Youth Ministry, talks about how ministry so often is like a bamboo field and that you plant it and you do the work and in the first year you see no results. And you do the work and in the second year you see no results. But when that first stalk starts to pop up, just hold tight. Because when it takes root, as we all know, kudzu in the south, it takes bloom and and you can't control it. You see, so often in our lives, doing ministry, doing the work of the church, being a Christian and seeking to serve God may seem as though there are no measurable effectiveness, especially not by the worldly standard of how we judge effectiveness. But perhaps our calling is to seek a different standard. Our our standard is not to be effective. Our standard is not to be productive by worldly standards. Our standard is not to be busy, but our standard is to be faithful. How faithful are you being with what God has entrusted you with? How faithful are you being to the calling that Christ has placed on your life? The standard is faithfulness. Faithfulness to God faithfulness to the needs of our community and our world, and to the offering of our gifts to a world that so badly needs to see, hear, and feel God's presence. We are called, we are gifted, to do the work of the future, to plant the seeds, to be humble, gentle, patient, to bear with others in love, to walk the walk worthy that defines the type of life and calling that we have been called to live. We are called to seek and to know God, and as we seek and know God, to seek and know our gifts from God, and to find out where those gifts intersect the needs of our community, and to be Christ's hands and feet in a world that so badly needs to see, hear, and feel His love, grace, and mercy, to extend that grace, love, and mercy into the world. And as I said, I love that at the end, it talks about Christ being the head, because as as you walk around, just take a moment and realize that wherever your head goes, there the rest of your body goes. So maybe it is a moment that we need to take a step back and go, God, I'm going where you lead me that I have been equipped by you, as each part is working properly, let us, as the body of Christ, promote growth in relationship with you, in building ourselves in love and grace and mercy. Amen and amen.